Galatians chapter 1. We're going to continue. Let's, uh, this is part 2 of this morning. The Bible says in verse 21, Afterwards I came into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. And we understand that means he didn't go to those churches. But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preacheth the faith which once he destroyed, and they glorified God in me. And we didn't say this this morning, but the context here, we we need to make sure that we get this. The reason that they were glorifying God is that someone that was an enemy of the gospel now preached the gospel. And only God can do that. that. That's what they're glorifying God for. That's why they glorified God in Him. So we answered the question this morning, what is the glory of God? If we're going to understand how to glorify God, we must first understand what the glory of God is. And we learn from Exodus chapter 33 that the glory of God, uh, Moses said, I beseech thee, show me your glory. And he said, I will have my goodness pass by you and I will declare my name. So we understand that that the glory of God is his goodness. Then we saw in Isaiah chapter 6, you had the, the seraphim flying and they would say to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is full of His glory. So God's glory is the, the visible expression of His holiness, His goodness, and the proclamation of His name. So we saw that this morning and we saw some ways that we can glorify God. Tonight we're going to go through the rest of the book of Romans and look at the places where God's glory is mentioned. And we're going to learn some ways that we as believers can glorify God. But there's something that we've got to say before we go anywhere. Let's go to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, let's lay the groundwork. Look at verse 20. This is Abraham. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. The way that we give glory to God is by faith. Now, we're going to look at some practical expressions of that, some things that we are going to do as believers that will help us to give glory to God. But it must begin by faith. It has to start there. I will not have a legalistic church where people believe that their standing in Christ is based on their performance. Our standing in Christ is based on His finished work on the cross. Amen? Our victory is through His finished work on the cross. Our holiness is through the indwelling Holy Spirit and the sanctification that comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we claim all of these things by faith. By faith. Are they real? They are, but they're claimed by faith. All right? Number one tonight, we glorify God by rejoicing in hope. We glorify God by rejoicing in hope. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. We glorify God by rejoicing in hope. And honestly, we could spend months on this study right here. How many of you would surprise you if I spent months on this study? Just this first point we could spend the whole night on, but we're not going to. Let's just read these verses. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into His grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. All right, so let's look at this. We rejoice in hope. We glorify God by rejoicing in hope. First of all, look at what it says in verse 1. We can glory, we can, we can rejoice in hope because we've been justified and we have peace with God. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder how many times in the Bible it says by faith. 
over and over and over again. Are we justified by works? We're justified by faith. Now, that is a religious term. That's technically an ecclesiastical term. It's, it's a term that's used in the Scriptures, and it's not used out in the world, unless you're talking about typing and pulling text all the way over to one side or another. What does it mean to be justified? It means that we are declared righteous by a holy God. How does that happen? By our works? No, the Bible says, For by the works of the law shall no man be justified. That's what the Bible says. We're justified by faith. By faith. We believe in Jesus Christ. We place our faith and trust in Him alone for our eternal life. When that happens, the gavel of the judge comes down and God says, not guilty. That's awesome. I don't know if any of you here tonight are living under the weight of past guilt. If you are, that's your problem, not God's problem. Because God has declared you righteous. You're clean. You're whole. You're forgiven. You have peace with God. Man, that's awesome. Because of that, we can rejoice in hope. But look at the next thing that we have. Look at the verse 2. By whom also, right? By the Lord Jesus Christ, is that right? By whom also we have access by faith into His grace. So why can I, why can I rejoice in hope? Because I have access to the grace of God. I have access to the grace of God. What is grace? Grace is God's gift of eternal life. It's power for service. It's, it's the strength to stand. That all comes because we've been justified by faith. But notice what it says. We have access to it by faith. It doesn't mean that we live in it. We have access to it. I wonder how many times you accessed that grace this week. How many of you, and you don't have to testify, okay? But I wonder how many of us, there were times when we really needed the grace of God and it was available, but we didn't access it. We didn't access it. Well, we have access, again, by faith into the grace of Jesus Christ. And here's where this becomes so important. This is where this becomes so important. Look at the next phrase. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand. Aren't you glad that you stand? You can stand in grace. And I think this is an interesting dichotomy. Is anybody here that's saved tonight? Anybody you're saved? You know for sure you're going to heaven when you die. Well, then, then you're standing in grace. The only reason that you can stand and not fall, lose your salvation, you stand in grace because you've been declared righteous, by God the Father, based on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. You stand in that. And yet, we still fail to access the grace that we're standing in. We have access to it. We have access to it. But we don't. We try to do things in our own strength. I've talked so many times about that cult of trying harder. We need to just trust God. Have faith that He has a plan for our lives. Be obedient, simple obedience to the things that he's asked us to do by faith. All right? So, we have, because we, we can rejoice in hope because we're justified and we have peace, because we have access by faith and we stand in grace, and then, because of this access, we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now, what does that mean? We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. 
What is that talking about? This is talking about when Jesus Christ comes in glory and reveals the glory of God to this world. When you see that word hope, we're hoping for the return of Jesus Christ. You know what? This isn't all there is. This isn't all there is. Jesus Christ is coming back and we have hope for the future. Man, I can't wait to see the glory of God. The Lord has allowed us to see some amazing things. We were at the ocean. We saw the sun come down over the ocean just this last week. And it was, we were on the causeway between uh, Sanibel Island and some other place. And it, it was, we just pulled off and we watched the sun go down. And these pelicans flying in between. And just beautiful. Do you know that that sunset can't even come close to the glory of Jesus Christ? We're not even going to need that sun anymore because Jesus Christ is going to be the light. And what is that light? What is that light? It's His glory. His glory is going to light the world. That's what we get to see. We need to rejoice in hope. It's coming. It's coming. So number one, we glorify God by rejoicing in hope. Number two, we glorify God by keeping our troubles in perspective. We glorify God by keeping our troubles in perspective. Look at Romans chapter 8. Look at verse 18. God gave Southerners some things in the Bible. This is one of the things. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. We glorify God by keeping our troubles in perspective. Now, now you ready for this? You can compare. You know, you could compare one baseball player to another. You could compare one football team to another. But your trouble compared to the glory of God that's going to be revealed in us, you can't even put it next to it. You know, sometimes our troubles can become so big in our eyes. Our problems can become so big in our eyes. And the Bible says they're not even worthy to be compared. Look, keep your place here in Romans because we're going to come back. But look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Kathy, I know you've got this memorized. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And look at verse 17. It's interesting the words that, that are used here. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Our affliction is light. God's glory, the glory that God is going to reveal in us, is going to be weighty. It's going to be heavy. It's going to be full. You know, what, you know what, how we glorify God? By keeping our problems in perspective. Keeping our problems in perspective. Our light affliction... Uh, then, number three, we glorify God by claiming His liberty. Let's go back to Romans chapter 8. We glorify God by claiming His liberty. Now understand, when we hope for something biblical, when God has promised something and we hope for it, that's not saying, I hope so. That's resting in the guarantee of it. All right? So now look at verse 21. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Now, notice what it says. We, right now, we are in bondage to corruption. Isn't that just the opposite of God's glory? 
What, what did they do in Romans chapter 1? They traded the glory of the uncorruptible God into, they exchanged it for, they changed it into the glory of corruptible man, four-footed beasts and creeping things. And here it's saying that we are corruptible. But what God is going to do, it's going, He is going to change that corruption into, and let's look at the text, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Do you know that you can live in that liberty right now? You can claim that liberty right now. You're not bound to sin. You're not bound by sin. Yes, you live in a sinful body and you will sin, but you don't have to. You don't have to. The, the, the old man, according to the word of God, is dead. You can live in liberty. Do you know what that does? It brings glory to God. Because he's given us his righteousness. All right, number four. We glorify God by focusing on the eternal. We glorify God by focusing on the eternal. Look with me at uh, chapter 11, verse 33. Romans chapter 11, verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor? Or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again? For of him, for of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. You want to know something? When you start to look at the wisdom of the world, you start to look at the way that Christianity is attacked and mocked when we understand that the wisdom of the world is nothing compared to the knowledge of God. No, who is God's counselor? Who does God go to to find out what step to take next? Who has God, who does God owe something to? Nobody. Nobody. Do you know what we do? When we have that eternal perspective, when we understand that the God who created the world is coming back for us and He will be glorified throughout all eternity, that gives us perspective. Folks, we need a long view, don't we? We need to take the long view. We glorify God by focusing on the eternal. God's glory gives us an eternal perspective. Then number five, number five, we glorify God by having one mind and speaking with one mouth. You know the Bible says that? Look with me at chapter 15, Romans 15, verse 5. This will remind you very much of our Philippians study. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. What does that sound like? Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Is that right? Philippians 2, 5, same thought. Then look at what it says. That ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know what glorifies God? When we all think the same thing and when we all speak the same thing. I know someone out there is thinking, I don't agree with that. <laughs> You know, the simple fact is that we can speak the same thing when we're speaking the word of God. We can believe the same thing when we're believing 
the Word of God. And that's why a study like this is so important. I could, I could make a whole list of things that you could do that would glorify God. They may or may not be true. But when we look verse after verse after verse, we can start to get a, our mind around God's glory. We can start get our, getting our minds around where we fit in glorifying the Creator of the world. We can speak the same thing and we can think the same thing. Remember what it says in 1 Corinthians 1.10? I would that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. We've got to think the same way. We've got to believe the same way. We've got to have the same mission, the same purpose in life. We can have that. We can have that. We're going to be looking at that over the next month or so here at Grace Baptist. Then, we glorify God by receiving each other in our church. This is interesting. Look at verse 8 or verse 7. Wherefore, receive ye one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Now, I want you to think about something. Receive each other. What does that mean? It means you welcome someone into your company, into your presence, into your clique into your home, into your church, into your class. That's what it is. We receive. The Bible tells us not to receive someone who has false doctrine. We're not to receive them. We're not to bid into our home. We're not to bid them Godspeed. We don't receive them. But brothers and sisters in Christ who are coming in the same mind, who want to speak the same thing, we receive them gladly. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. Do you know what happens when we do that? It brings glory to God. Look at the next verse. Now I say that Jesus Christ... You know what? This is going to go on to the next point. Before, let me, the, the, so we need to receive one another. Verse eight and, verses 8 and 9 are for the next point. So, number six, we glorify God by receiving each other in our church. And number seven, we glorify God when we confess His mercy among the Gentiles. Look at what it says. Verse 8, Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God. Jesus Christ came for the Jews. Y'all understand that? He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. But to as many as received Him, to them gave He power to be called the sons of God. He came into His own. Who were His own? The Jews. The Jews. Jesus Christ came to the Jews. He came to be the Messiah for the Jews. That's what the Bible says. All right? So, a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. The, 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 the fathers had been promised the Messiah. Remember what it says in Hebrews 1. God, who at sundry times and in a diverse manner spake unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ fulfilled the promises to the fathers. All right? Now look at what it says. And that the Gentiles might glorify God. Why? For His mercy. See, Gentiles, we need to understand that God came, Jesus Christ came for the Jews. The fact that any Gentile gets to receive Jesus Christ is only through His mercy. And we need to glorify God for that. So glorify God for His mercy, as it is written, for this cause, 
I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. You want to know how to glorify God? Tell people about Jesus. Tell everybody you know. You know most of the people you know are Gentiles? Tell them about Jesus Christ. Sing the name of Jesus. Sing unto his name. Then, last one. We glorify God when we worship his son eternally. We glorify God when we worship his son eternally. Look at Romans 16, 27. To God, only wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. We're going to worship Jesus Christ forever. Why don't we start now? How many of you think God deserves glory? Amen. Amen. Let's finish it up with Ephesians chapter 3, verse 21. <clears throat> Unto Him, that's God the Father, be glory, where? In the church. By Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Folks, let's us at Grace Baptist Church Let's give glory to God through Jesus Christ. Let's us do these things that God said that we should do to bring glory to Him. Isn't, that, isn't it awesome that we have a role? We have a purpose. And while we fulfill our purpose, what does it do? Man, it makes our life so much better. You focus on His glory instead of your problems. You focus on eternity instead of the immediate. You focus on others by receiving them. You focus on His Word by exalting it above His name. You focus on His righteousness when you realize your sinfulness. All of those things make your life so much better. And they allow us to be a witness and a testimony in the world. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, so much for the book of Galatians.